0: It's good to be here. We're going to be in Psalms today, the 116th Psalm, if you would be finding that. Psalm 116. We have been emphasizing over the course of the last, I don't know, maybe six weeks, maybe longer, about serving the Lord and what it means to be a servant of God. We've been doing that on Sunday nights, also some on Sunday mornings, some on Wednesday nights, and, and uh, we'll have a couple more messages, lessons in that regard. Today would be one of those, and uh, it's just a great subject to think about that God would allow us to serve Him. We don't all serve Him in the same way, we don't all serve Him in the same place, But all of us can serve the Lord, and it's an honor and a privilege that God would let us serve Him. We don't look at serving like it's something we have to do. We look at serving like it's something that we delight to do, that we're blessed to do. And we find that in this psalm. And we're going to look at a number of verses in the 116th psalm. But to begin, we'll just read one verse. And if you're able to, let's stand together as we just honor the Word of God and read this passage and then have prayer But let's look in the 16th verse, an easy place to remember, 116, 16. And we find these words of the psalmist. O Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. And the son of thine handmaid, thou hast loosed my bonds. As I said, we're going to read some other passages but this, this really, uh, some of the things in this passage, I believe, are really helpful to get the right perspective about serving the Lord. As we look through it, we're not going to read the whole psalm, though we'll look at much of it. And you'll be familiar with some of the familiar passages, the verses. It's just kind of just stocked full, really, with helpful truths. But particularly, we're going to look at the service of God. I am thy servant. It says in verse 16, I am thy servant. Great declaration. I am thy servant. And uh, we're going to look at that together. Let's pray as we start. Father, thank you for your word today and thank you that we can be fed and led by your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you to use your word to guide us, a lamp and to our feet, a light into our path. And today we pray that the Holy Spirit, who gave us this word, this inspired word, who also teaches us this word, we pray the Spirit of God would have his way in our hearts and lives. Father, for those who are here today who don't know Christ, they don't know what it is to be led by the Spirit of God. They don't know what it is to recognize the unseen hand of God working in our lives. I pray today. That the Spirit of God would work in hearts and bring conviction of sin and draw to yourself. And we pray for those who know you, the saints of God today, that we'd be helped and encouraged by your word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is a declaration we see in verse 16. O oh Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. It's a, it's a personal declaration the psalmist it doesn't tell us who wrote this psalm some people believe it was probably David we don't know for certain but it's a personal declaration I am thy servant it's a confession of the psalmist to God and you know if you think about that today as we begin just in your own heart you you can make that own that your your own declaration a personal declaration I am thy servant. And that's really what we want to do with our lives. We want to serve the Lord. It's not a boastful declaration for a person to say, I'm God's servant. That's not a boastful declaration. It's not a proud declaration. I think it's a humble confession that God would let us serve him. You know, serving the Lord can take on many, many different um, aspects and avenues. It doesn't always look the same. I I was thinking about this just reading this psalm. I've read this psalm obviously many times in recent days. And reading this psalm, just him writing these words, he was serving the Lord. He was fulfilling a service to us and a service to God by pinning these words for us. And aren't you glad he did so? Aren't you glad for the faithful servants of God that gave us the word of God through God's working in and through Their lives. There are obviously people, even now, as we're sitting here and we're singing and we're opening the Word of God, we're fellowshipping. There are people serving throughout the buildings here in children's ministries and nursery services and preschool Bible studies and things of that nature. People who play the instruments people who sing in the choir, I mean, I'm just telling you, serving the Lord takes on many different shapes and sizes. Those involved in outreach, people involved in in evangelism throughout the week, uh, people who volunteer cleaning this building, people who work as volunteers maintaining the property, uh, people who go into the nursing homes today, three different nursing homes, not just to preach but to bring the music and to encourage people I mean i 'm telling you, serving the Lord takes on a lot of different a lot of different aspects. I was um, we were getting ready to leave Fargo on Thursday. my wife and I and uh, she voted that I take out all the luggage, so I was getting to serve the Lord. <laughs> And as I was going across the parking lot, a man came up to me—a retired man who was there on the property at the moment, at the time—and and he says, "You're gonna you're gonna stop and eat on the way home." And I said, uh, "I'm a Baptist, you so, know." And uh, he gave me a he gave me a track, a church track, and it had a ten-dollar bill in it. And he said, "When you stop, when you stop along the way, and you." have a meal with your wife, I'd just like for you to give this tract to whoever waits on you and give them that tip as just an expression of you know, trying to reach them with the gospel or whatever. He said, I really believe the Lord impressed that upon me. And I thought, what, a gen- what an act of service, really, to reach out with the gospel. And so we got a happy meal and kept the rest of the money. I said, no. <laughs> No, but you know, I was very thoughtful as we traveled along and we would stop and eat that evening. I was very thoughtful about the fact, before we even picked a restaurant to stop at. I thought, you know, God has this track and this tip for somebody along the way. And I'm just saying, serving God takes on a lot of different looks, a lot of different facets of ministry. And all of these things I just mentioned have... Have one thing in common. They're not all the same age group of people. They're not only the same number of people, some are to people, some are other acts of kindness. But all of them have this in common. they're acts of service to the Lord. That's what the, that's what the psalmist said in verse 16, "O oh Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. You know sometimes it's possible in life to lose sight of the one that we're serving. We're not serving the preacher, we're serving the Lord. We're not serving just just people, though we do serve people. But if you lose sight of who you're serving, your service can lose its meaning. It can become routine, it can become drudgery. And there are many people in church that serve in, in ways that are unseen. and so often unseen, unnoticed, maybe even unappreciated, and do it for decades. And sometimes I think we ought, to be, we ought to be reminded that we are servants of the Lord. And we ought to be appreciative of people who are serving the Lord. You ever wonder who trims the hedges around the building? You ever wonder who straightens up the hymn books week after week? And who these daily devotions that go out to many hundreds of people every day? Who posts those things? And who locks up the building after every service? You ever wonder who does Those things? Who maintains the records at the cemetery across the street? Who does those things? And a lot of times, you know, I could go on and on. A lot of times we never think about those people, but you know what? Those are real people who are serving God in their own way, in their own place. They're serving the Lord. And why do people do these things? They do it for the Lord. They do it for the Lord. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, the pastor asked me to do that. And sometimes the pastor or someone else may ask you to get involved in a ministry. But I'll tell you, if if it's just looking at men, it becomes more dutiful dutiful or duty-bound rather than just devotional. So that's the first thing I see in this text. And one of the primary things I see is, oh, Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. I have known people who felt... uh, sort of neglected or overlooked and didn't feel like their service was really appreciated. And, and it can work on you sometimes, but if you remember, it's for the Lord. He always recognizes it. So it's a personal declaration. And the other thing I want to notice about this, and we'll look at some other passages in our text for this, it was a reasonable declaration now for some people who look at the things I've talked about I assure you if there's some people who say you know why are those people out there weed-eating all the time I wonder what they're getting paid for that or, I wonder I wonder about the people who did do this or do that a lot of people who see that if they don't have a heart for service they don't understand why you would donate time and energy and money and to ministry. It doesn't seem reasonable this doesn't seem reasonable And some people look at it like we're doing that in order to somehow earn favor with God. Like somehow this is going to help us win points and God will let us into heaven. That's not what it's about at all. We don't serve the Lord that we can go to heaven. We serve the Lord because we are going to heaven. And it's all because of Him. But when you look at this psalm in its larger context, and we'll do that now, it makes sense that we'd want to serve the Lord. Look in verse 16. We'll just start there and we'll look at some other places. But notice what he said. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Now this may not be a big deal really, but it's in the Bible. A handmaid is a female servant. A handmaid. And he says, I am the son. The psalmist said, I am the son of thy handmaid. In other words, his mother was a servant of God. And it's really worth noting what a blessing it is to be raised in a family by a parent, doesn't mention his father, but at least by a mother, by a parent or parents who serve the Lord. That is a great privilege. I mean, we are we as parents, we heard about this in Sunday school this morning, we're we teaching and training the next generation of servants. His mother was God's servant. And then he says this in verse 16, Thou hast loosed my bonds. Now the word bonds, to be in bonds, means to be in bondage. It means that you're this, you're some form of bondage. And the psalmist had been in bondage, and he says, Thou, talking to the Lord, verse 16, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant, and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my Bonds. The psalmist had been in bondage and recognized God as the one that had delivered him. You know, if a, person, if a person was enslaved, if a person was trapped, if a person was in bondage, if a person was you know, in jail or whatever the case may be, and someone set them free, they're naturally going to be obligated or feel a sense of obligation to the person who delivered them. And that's where the psalmist was coming from. In verse 1 of Psalm 116, look there with me if you would please. He says, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. I love the Lord because. Because of what he has done for me, the psalmist said, I love the Lord. And he talks about how God hears his prayers in verse 1. He hath heard my voice. Isn't that an amazing thing? Does he think that God would hear your voice? He's heard my voice and my supplications. Verse 2, he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. He, He was grateful to God that God heard his prayers. He was grateful and loved the Lord because the Lord had done for him. Other verses. Look in verse uh, 4 he says, Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. There's his reference to be being in bondage. And it doesn't have to be physical bondage like he's in shackles, but he was in some form of bondage. And he asked God to deliver him in verse 4. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Verse 5, gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. He he knew that God was a merciful God. I'm talking about why why would he serve the Lord? It was a reasonable thing for him to serve the Lord because God had been so good to him. Look in verse 6, he says, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. I was down and God lifted me up. Verse 7, return unto thy rest, O my soul. Find that place of rest. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. He's talking to his own soul and how God had ministered to him and helped him. In verse 8 he says, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. God has helped me. He's, he's strengthened me. He's delivered me. He's helped me emotionally. He's given me stability and direction in my life. In verse 12, he asks the question that we've asked before. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What can I give back to God? What am I gonna? What would my response be for the goodness of God? And as I... Take a pause from the text and think about ourselves. That's a good question for us to ask. God's been good to us. What should my response be to God for His goodness? And I I come back to the point we're trying to emphasize, and that is it is a reasonable thing to serve the Lord because God has been so good to the psalmist, and He's been good to us. In verse 17, He says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And we'll call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God thanks. He was grateful for God's blessing. In a, in a statement, God had been good to him. We don't know the name of the psalmist. It may have been David, whoever it was. He knew what it was to be down emotionally. He knew what it was to feel like he couldn't help himself. And God had lifted him up. And God had helped him in so many ways. And so therefore, in verse 16, he declared himself as a servant of God. O oh Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant. It was reasonable that he should serve the Lord. I think if you would read that psalm and read it with an, an attentive mind and see as he declares, he testifies of all the things that God had done for him, it's a reasonable thing that he would say, I'll serve you with my life. It was a reasonable thing. He would serve the Lord. You know, reason, the word reason speaks of logic. It makes sense. It's a reasonable, logical thing. And we, if we just look at it from a logical point of view, what has God done for us? How has God blessed us? Has God been merciful to us? Has God lifted us up? Has God delivered us? It's a reasonable thing. But our reason influences our passions, our emotions, our feelings. And that's why he didn't just say, because it's logical, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Because it's logical, I'm going to serve him. No, he said, I love him because what he's done for me. I love him. Young person, if God has done anything for him, You shouldn't just acknowledge Him. You ought to love Him. There ought to be an attachment, an emotional attachment to God, a feeling of of appreciation for what God has done. Has the Lord done anything for you? Do you know anything of His mercy? You know what mercy is? Mercy is when God delivers us and doesn't give us what we deserve. The most common response, I don't get it every day, but I get it in a lot of churches. I got it when I was in, the first day I was in Fargo. The most common response I get when I say to someone, how are you doing, is better than I deserve. And you know what, that's a good response. Because we all are doing better than we deserve. I know where I would be today if I got what I deserved. You know why I'm not in hell today? It's not because I'm a good old boy. It's because of the mercy of God. I mean, we've received God's mercy. We who are saved have been delivered. This is what the psalmist is talking about, about God's deliverance, how God God helped him, how God delivered him. Look in verse 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. We can think of that in physical terms, but I think of it more in spiritual terms. God has been good to us. God has delivered us. Every day we live is because of the mercy of God. We, we know what it's like. Many of us in this room, especially those of us who were saved as adults, we know what it's like to be delivered from our sin and from ourself. We've been delivered. We couldn't save ourselves. I understand a child that gets saved when they're younger. Maybe they don't understand the the weight and the bondage of sin. But you knew the guilt of your sin. I mean, if God dealt with you at all, you knew that you were a sinner and that you didn't deserve to be forgiven. But I'm telling you, I, can, I know what it's like to be bound by sin. I know what it's like every day of my life to get up and to just go about doing my own thing and not caring about anybody but me. It's been a long time, but that's the life I lived. I was in bondage. You couldn't set me free. I couldn't set myself free, but God, by His grace, set me free. I was a slave to selfishness, and I'm not saying I don't ever deal with selfishness, but I'll tell you, I'm not not bound to it like I once was. I was a slave to my own pride. You know, sometimes we think about asking people to serve the Lord. Would you consider serving God in this area of your life? And sometimes people act like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not into service. I've never been a servant. But I want to tell you, you may not have realized it, but you were a servant before you got saved. You were a servant to self you were a servant to sin. When we were lost, we were servants. We were slaves. We were in bondage. And when Jesus saved us, he delivered us from that sinful bondage. He broke the shackles of sin and set us free. And I thank God for that. And why did he set us free? He didn't set us free so we could go out and live for ourselves. He set us free so we could serve him. He set me free from a wicked, vile taskmaster that that I could choose to be serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What a blessing that is. He didn't deliver us that we could be free as we please. You know, a lot of people think that. A lot of people act like that. But I want to tell you, that's what he saved me from. He saved me from doing what I wanted to do all the time. That I could do what he wants us to do. He delivered us that we might be free to serve Him. And why do we serve the Lord? Because we love Him. I love the fact that this psalmist starts with that. I love the Lord. And then in verse 16, truly I am the servant of the Lord. We want to serve the Lord because we love Him. He's done so much for us. Shame on us. Shame on us if we forget where we would be without the Lord. Shame on us. If we lose our appreciation for salvation, for the grace of God. We love the Lord because of what he's done for us. And we want to serve him because he's been so good to us. The psalm is emphasized in several places there. Verse 1, verse 2, verse 4. About how he called upon the Lord. God's heard our prayers. Isn't it an amazing thing that God would listen to me? Why would God listen to me? I'll tell you why, because He'd listen to you because if you're saved, you're His child. He's your Father. He loves you. What an amazing thing to think that God would incline. That's verse 2, because He hath inclined His ear unto me. You know, the older I get, the the more um, I deal with these age... Age limitations, like hearing people. And I was around someone just on this trip who's not as old as I am, but just, he said, I'm, he said I want to kind of talk to you for a minute because I want to sit on this side so you can talk to my good ear. <laughs> I understand. Sometimes you get in, there's just seem like in, in conversations and you young people may not be able to understand this or relate to it. But your conversations where other people are talking, you can't hardly hear. You can't focus to hear on the one person you want to hear. But I going to tell you something. Everybody can be talking to God, and he can hear you perfectly every time. He inclines his ear. Has God ever answered a prayer for you? Have you ever felt like, you know, there's something that I need so desperately. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I can't change it. I can't fix it. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. But you pray to God, and sure enough, God comes through and brings an answer. He says God has been, he's heard our prayers. And if God answers our prayers, notice what what he said in verse 2. Because he has inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. I'm never going to stop this life of prayer. He's heard our prayers. I tell you, we ought to serve God because he's been so good to us. He's lifted us up. You know, it doesn't tell us what all that means in the life of the psalmist. But I'll tell you, God, has God ever lifted you up from a place of discouragement? A place of despair? A place of loneliness? A place of confusion? Has God ever just helped you to see things and brought you through a dark time? I'm telling you, He's done that for many of us, maybe all of us. He delivered us. Has He ever delivered you from a destructive habit? Has He ever delivered you from something you were addicted to? Something you couldn't stop, but you prayed about it and trusted God, and God delivered you from it? We ought to, we ought to serve Him because He's been so good to us. He's been merciful to us, as I said earlier. Young person, hear me today. Through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, He paid the price. He paid the penalty to save us from every sin and deliver us from sin and slavery and redeem us from lives of destruction. To God be the glory. It's not about us. It's about God gets the glory. He's been merciful to us. We've been set free. You know, I I know what it's like to be in bondage to... Drugs and drinking and smoking and all this stuff. And you know what? You know the good news is now, I get drunk as much as I want to. I smoke as much as I want to. I just don't want to. You know why? Because I've been set free. We've been delivered. Aren't you glad about that today? Because of the mercy of God. We've been set free from self and sin. I'm not going to turn to it for time's sake, but I want you to really listen carefully as I just read a few verses from Romans. The first one is this. Paul is writing. Think about these words. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You were the servants of sin, and you didn't go, you didn't make yourself quit being a, a habitual, chronic, addicted sinner. He says, You obeyed the gospel. You obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you. It's the gospel that changes us. And then he goes on to say this in the next verse Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I mean, at one time, We just lived for sin. We all day, we sinned. Our language was sinful. Our thoughts were sinful. Our actions were sinful. We were servants of sin. But when we got saved, He makes us servants of righteousness. We want to, we're different. We read our Bible. We want to fellowship with Christians. We love to praise God. We want to worship God. We want to serve God. Why? Because we got saved. Has that ever happened to you, young person? where you are so transformed by the grace of God that you no longer want to live for self, but you just want to serve the Lord. And then that same passage in Romans, there's a couple of verses later, it says this, in a different way, but the same sentiment. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. The fruit of your life is going to be holiness and the end is going to be everlasting life. How, how much difference the gospel makes in our life. What a difference. You know, now we, we're saddened when we do something that's wrong. We're saddened when we think something we shouldn't think or say something. It saddens us because that's not really who we are. We're, there's a new man living inside of us. Back then, we were saddened because we didn't get into some kind of mischief. I missed an opportunity to be an idiot. <laughs> you know what? Every, everything's turned upside down. No, it's turned right side up because of the grace of God, because of salvation, because of the work of grace. Grace. And David, David, if it was David, the psalmist said, "I am thy, I'm no longer a servant of myself, I am thy servant." That would, that's a great declaration, a sincere declaration. "I am thy servant." And I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud, but I'd like you to think about it in your mind this morning. See yourself as the servant. I'm your servant, Lord. Whatever you want me to do. Where you want me to go. What should I say? How should I serve? What would you have me... That's what we're to be doing. We're serving the Lord. Because he is our master. He is our king. Could you say that with sincerity today? I'm God's servant. Has God set you free from sin and self that you could serve him? Is that as your desire... You know, we've, as I said earlier, we've been emphasizing this matter of serving the Lord and various aspects of serving the Lord for weeks. I just think it's a great subject to think about, serving the Lord. But is that your heart? I mean, do you want to serve Him? Is that, in your, is that your desire? Lord, what would you let me do? What would you have me to do? Is that your life ambition? because he's done so much for us we want to be his servants he's given us so much and by the way he's not only given us salvation and deliverance and he's given us talents and abilities and gifts and opportunities that we might serve him he's given those things to us that we could be his servants lord i'm thy servant like i said this doesn't say that it's a psalm of david but in psalm 119 david said these words same words I am thy servant. In Psalm 143, David says, I am thy servant. And wouldn't it be a great thing if everyone who's truly saved would see themselves as a servant of God? Just like that retired gentleman who gave me that track and gave me that money for a tip. And said, would you, along your way, would you let me be a blessing to whoever it is? Isn't that something? Just a humble, sincere act of service. Tonight, in the message tonight, I want to talk about uh, the passage in Scripture where the first deacons were chosen by the church. But one of the amazing things about that passage is... That after the church made this decision and other people got involved in ministry, God began to work in a greater way. The more people who are serving the Lord, listen, the more people who are serving the Lord, the more ministry is going to take place. The more people are going to be blessed. The more people are going to be helped. I am thy servant. And that's a, that's a declaration that I'd like for every person here tonight today that's saved to make in your own mind, in your own heart, God, I'm your servant. I think we've all seen or heard something of this nature. And it's, it's really a, a, a sad place to be where people seem to treat God like he's our servant. Like, God, I want you to do this, and God, would you do that? And God, how come you didn't do this, and would you do that? And God does do great things for us. Please hear me. But God's not our servant. We're his servants. We're his servants. Would you say that to him today? Lord, I want to be your servant. This is a choice we have to make, a choice. It's a lifestyle that we choose And it's only reasonable. That's why I said my second major point on this. It's a reasonable declaration. It's only reasonable that I'd serve the Lord. Right? Look what he's done for us. Look what he's done for our families. Look what he's done for our state of mind, our purpose. What he's done for us that he would let us be a part of his family that he would he would die for us and give us the free gift of eternal life why wouldn't we serve him I think you would agree with this if you think about it there's something there's something terribly wrong if a person would say yes I believe Jesus died I believe God himself God the eternal creator of the universe God left heaven and came to this earth and became a man, Endure, endured all kinds of shame and mistreatment. And eventually they nailed spikes through his hands and his feet and, and crushed a crown of thorns on his head. And he was beaten until he was unrecognizable and he took my sins upon his own body and in a way that none of us can understand every sin that I've ever committed was put on Jesus Christ. Yes, I understand that and I I believe he's forgiven me and I believe that I'm saved but I just don't really want to live for him. There's something sad about that. There's There's just nothing not right about that. Would you agree with that? There's something not right about that. We, it's a reasonable thing that we'd want to serve the Lord I'm God's servant and that's a privilege isn't it to serve the Lord it's a reasonable thing to serve the Lord now, if you're today and you're you're really saved you understand that how could I not serve him Why would I not serve Him? Again, we don't all do the same thing, but it's a delight to serve Him. And if you're today and you're not saved, today, He did all that for you. He loves you. He loves you. And when you really get a hold of the fact that He's done that for you and you receive by faith His promise of eternal life, You'll love Him back. Amen. We love Him because He first loved us. Amen. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Lord, truly I am Thy servant. Would you say that to God where you sit today? Or maybe here at this altar? I am Thy servant. Men or women, young or old, truly, God, I am thy servant. I want to serve you. I love you because of all you've done for me. I'm your servant. Whatever you want me to do, that's what a servant says. Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever my place of service is, Lord, I'm your servant. And if you can't say that and you're not saved today, and you surely couldn't say it if you're, if you're not saved, you ought to come today. Come and let us take a Bible and spend a few minutes with you and help you understand the importance and the, and the way of salvation. I hope you'll come. Our Father, we thank you today for the declaration of the psalmist. Truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant, the son of thine handmaiden. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace in our life. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for mercy. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. For inclining your ear to us. Thank you for lifting us when we were down. Thank you, Lord, in all the ways that you help us. We love you. Lord, we love you, and we want to serve you because you've been so good to us. Thank you for setting us free from sin and self. God, we know we still fall and still make mistakes, but you've done such a work of grace in our lives, and we just thank you for that. We don't want to live in sin.